Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan Anderson, and welcome to the podcast. On this episode, it's going to be, I guess it'll be a little bit different. So this episode is going to be all centered around the Photographer's Guide to Sales. This is a template that I I think I uploaded it a couple days ago now, uh, by the time you're listening to this. And what this is is sort of a sales script, is sort of, uh, you know, what to say, common scenarios, because meeting a first-time client can really be nerve-wracking and exciting, you know, all at the same time. Some clients are price shoppers, others are, you know, truly interested in the value offers of photographers. So how do you know who is who and how do you close a deal? You know, that's that's kind of the main goal with meeting these first-time clients. Uh, we're just, so, you know, there's a lot of confusion around it. There's a lot of odd scenarios photographers can find themselves in so i wanted to kind of create this little template for you to use as a reference guide you could you could use it as a direct script you can copy it word for word uh but these are more just kind of common scenarios that you might find yourself in as a photographer um so think of this podcast episode almost like a little online course but in audio form so it's going to help the most, or you're probably going to get the most out of this episode if you actually have the template in front of you, which I'll link in the show notes. And, but if you don't, if you just want to listen to this and kind of listen to some common scenarios that, you know, many photographers experience, then feel free to listen. Let's continue. All right. So let's kind of dive into it. Let me actually get some of these conversations going. So the first, you know, I kind of break it down into, um, Really, the kind of four things you need from the first conversation. You know, this, the sales process can be long. It can be strung out. It can be, or sometimes it can be very short. Um, but from the first conversation, you really want to understand these four key things. And that is project goals, timeline, budget. And then at the very end, you want to address any objections or concerns. So let's kind of go through it one by one. And starting with project goals. All right. So in project goals, this is really your goal setting. You are, you know, you are answering the question of where are we going? What does the destination look like? You're having a conversation with a client trying to understand why did they come to you? Why are they emailing you? Why do they want to set up a meeting? Why are we here in this meeting? What are you looking for? Uh, or what are you hoping to achieve? Basically. And this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, exactly what tangible things like I am looking for 50 digital file photos. I'm, you know, it could be more like I'm looking for someone to cover this wedding or we're looking for a photographer to come in for our company to kind of give, uh, do a refresh on our website. And we're kind of, we're, we're getting bids, getting quotes from different photographers. So that's, you know, that's what you want to kind of understand what scenario, what context, what environment, um, is the client in and they're kind of bringing you into. So a great question for you to ask would be something like, what does a home run look like for this project? And they may say something like, you know, we're just looking for someone to come in and photograph our wedding. Uh, we really liked your work online. And you say, okay, another question you could ask is, what can we do to make this an absolute success? Now you choose your own wording on this. That's what I'm saying. Like this is more of a guide than sort of like a script. Uh, you know, what does it look like? You're kind of, you're probing them and asking more, and this is going to be a theme. You're kind of asking what questions as opposed to asking Connie why questions to justify them. When you ask a what question, you're kind of standing shoulder to shoulder with them side by side and saying, let's look at, oh, I'm slapping around my film equipment. Um, let's look around. 
what does a home run look like? If we were to, you know, another question is, let's say a year from now, we get together for coffee. Looking back, why was this project successful? And hopefully they'll give you a great answer, you know, or you're kind of looking for like, what's the best case scenario if we were to do everything right, both you, the client and myself, the photographer, if we were to do everything right together, work, you know, in total synchronicity, be totally synchronized on our goal and vision, what would that look like? And, And what we're kind of wanting to do is this is more them imagining a perfect best world scenario, um, and then, the, and then that's going to lead to the next line of questioning is about the deliverables. So this is actually, you know, now that we've got the vision, let's actually talk about what they need specifically. You know, what are you going to actually provide for the client? Are you just showing up and shooting a couple photos, handing over the raw files? Are you printing photos? Are they, you know, you can ask the question, let's talk about deliverables. Based on your vision of success... It sounds like you're looking for this and you can kind of pose the question, you know, it's always, it always helps in a conversation with a client to kind of repeat back to them what they said. And it always, you know, this kind of the mirroring effect where you're using two to three key words or phrases that they use and kind of spit it back out to them. Um, and one that shows that you're listening and two, it's, it kind of gives them the opportunity to correct you in case your interpretation of what they just said is wrong. And it's a very um, non-confrontational way. You're just saying, you know, based on your vision of success, it sounds like you're looking for this. It sounds like you're looking for um, a typical wedding package. You're looking for uh, a couple hero photos on your website. And then they, say, they can correct you and say, yep, that's a, you got it. Exactly. And then you move on from there. But sometimes they're like, well, what usually comes in your package or like, what do we use? What do we get when we hire you? What are some, you know, if I'm hiring you, what do, what do I get? That's always a typical question. Um, even for like my clients, when I do strategy with them, they're always like, well, what do I get? You know, it's very like you're selling something that they can't really see or put their hands on, you know, and if you were giving them, and that can feel sort of like that too, when you're selling just basically you're just selling like digital files i'm going to i'm going to provide these digital files that you particularly want and depending on who the client is maybe they're old school uh maybe they want actual prints or maybe they want to hold on to something or they want of are you going to give me a photo album or are you just going to give me prints or are you just going to give me a thumb drive And and it helps to kind of explain that and then also trying to explain that value to them and, and oh, you know, a great way you can phrase it like, well, you know, typically I've given my clients this, I've given my clients this, this, and this. Um, just I always kind of a nice way to phrase it is uh, typically say like my typical client does this or typical projects usually consist of this or projects in the past have done this. It kind of it kind of illuminates that you've done this before, you have experience doing this and you have past clients who have asked for this exact thing and that kind of gives the client more confidence in you that you'll be able to do a good job because you've done this before you have clients who've done this before the next section of questions that in the main answer you want to get answered is of course the budget how much is this going to cost remember those who don't talk about money don't make it so we've talked about this in the one page proposal you can go back and download that as well if you want to but it having a money conversation is something that you do not want to shy away from especially as a professional service provider um you want to exude confidence 
in talking about money. You don't want to let it be last, the last thing, or like, oh, I almost forgot one more thing. Uh, let's talk about budget. What do you, what kind of budget you have? It's, it helps. I won't say you don't have to talk about budget the very first topic item, but if you can just, I would say don't make your budget the last conversation because Based on all their dreams and visuals and ideas, you may find out that at the very end of this hour-long conversation that they don't have the budget for any of this or that they are way out of your budget. Um, sometimes it helps even in these, uh, you know, you can have these conversations before you actually have the main meeting, the main first-time meeting where we're like, hey, let's all get together. Let's get all your stakeholders together. I'll get all my stakeholders together. We'll come together. We'll meet on Zoom. We'll meet at a coffee shop. We'll meet at a uh, whatever, some around a conference table and kind of talk about your vision. This, uh, it helps to have this kind of preliminary conversation too, sometimes about budget. Um, but you don't want to be scared about it, scared to talk about it. And let's kind of go over some budget scenarios. So the first budget scenario is when a client doesn't have a budget. This doesn't mean that they have zero dollars. It just means that they don't really have a good idea of what they should have budgeted for or how much money they should have set aside. Um, so, you know, a great question is just to kind of pose them is to tell me about your budget range. I, budget range is a great way to not have people feel so much pressure to give an exact number, but if they can give you a range to say, this is what I can work with, they'll say, you know, well, we actually, we don't have a budget. What do you typically charge? With a smile, you say, oh, no, you know, no worries. I'll need to know your budget range. So let's reschedule another call when you have a budget in mind. And this is basically saying, I can't really move forward as a photographer unless I know the budget. If you guys don't have a budget in mind, I don't know how big to scope this. I don't know how many freelancers I need to hire or how much time I need to set aside for this project or how much of a priority this project is because you guys don't have a budget. And this is the kind of kiss off. And this is what I was saying, like a preliminary conversation. Maybe you have it over the phone. What's your budget range? You know, come back with me with the budget range. And this is able to kind of quickly say, oh, okay, they don't have a budget. Great. See ya. Let's reschedule. That way you're not wasting their time and they're especially not wasting your time. Now, if you are a photographer who lists their prices online, and I've talked about this before, I think you should not list, I think you should not list your prices online publicly. Um, maybe have, but if you do have some sort of preset packages where this is, you know, package A, B, and C, and you're not really a photographer who provides custom quotes, you really just kind of want to have a preset, uh, sort of productized service that's ready to go. You just kind of plug it in and say, we're going to do, you know, option A is always the same no matter what client it is. We always do option A or option B or C. That will give them a, uh, maybe they don't need a budget range because you're kind of already providing the prices. So you could just say, you know, out of these budgets, does any of these make sense? How do you, how do you feel comfortable? Which, what budget range do you feel comfortable with? Uh, another nice, another nice way to phrase this, if you're working, especially with a business client or sort of a marketing director, if they're not sure what the budget, another way to phrase it is, okay, maybe you don't have a marketing budget aside, but do you have any, you know, what dollars do you have set aside for this? So, um, cause some people, you know, maybe it's, you're working with a small business. Maybe it's a coffee shop that wants, that needs some new photos for the website. Maybe they don't have like a formal marketing budget, like a corporation would every year where they have like a formal, here's the budget for the year. And this is how much you have. Maybe it's sort of kind of loose and fast with their budgets. And, you know, a good way to phrase it is, you know, 
do you at least have any money set aside for this? And that will give you an indication of, um, are they committed to this project? Are they just feeling it around? Do they really know what they want to do with the money? Do they even have any money set aside? So if they say, no, we don't really have any money set aside for this, that might be an indication that they might just be fishing around or they're not really serious about a project like this. But if they do have money set aside, then you can at least say, you know, it's not asking how much do you have. It's saying like, do you have, what do you have in your marketing budget? Or at least, oh, you know, hey, we have about $5,000 set aside for this project. Um, we don't really want to spend all the money on you or on photography, but, you know, that's kind of how much we have set aside. And it's all just, you know, you're just getting ideas how much, what's, what is out there? Do we have any money set aside? Is there any kind of an idea of any kind of budget before you say, you know, hey, let's reschedule another call. Um, talk to you later. The next scenario, scenario number two in the budget section is the, let's say the client has an adequate budget. Let's say you typically charge, you know, $8,500 and they actually have that budget. So this is a, a pretty good client. They've got the budget. They're interested in you or, you know, maybe they, they have explicitly said they have $8,500, but whether or not it's, whether or not it's openly expressed or not, you're going to quote them and say, and tell you just like this, based on everything we've discussed, I can do this project for $8,500. And you pause. Yes. No, your, <laughs> your podcast didn't break. Uh, you, I want you to add that dramatic pause. I want you to count back from five. And I want you to really listen to the client's reaction here because the client's reaction is going to tell you everything you need to know moving forward with this project. And I'm really not kidding. I mean, like, say the price and shut up. Zero talking, zero stammering, because here's the difference. Based on everything we've discussed, I can do this project for $8,500. Or, how does this sound? Based on everything we've discussed, I can do this project for about $8,500, and I think that's uh, probably a good price for you guys. I mean, based on what we talked about, it's you know $8,500 makes sense. That's usually in my typical range. I think uh, I think $8,500 is um, if you guys are comfortable spending that. That that will be. I think that's going to be the best bang for your buck. You're going to really uh, get a lot out of it with the $8,500. Um, you see what I mean? Like you see that you see you feel the difference when it's just like because that that's what we do. Like we say the big number, and we're sometimes scared of the price we say out loud, and then you just and we just try to like oh god, uh, like we want to avoid that awkward silence of them possibly saying no, and you're just like you just start stammering and coming up with more and more things when it's better just to calm down, slow down, and say this is the price. I charge ten thousand dollars. And giving that pause, the client will go, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Or they go, um, hmm, okay. You know, like every, every, like it, their pause, their reaction time, their enthusiasm with hearing it, like all that, you're going to gauge that and kind of really get a good understanding. But I really want you guys to practice this. Practice it in the mirror if you need to. Like if you've got a big quote that you're, you've never quoted before and you kind of need to practice it in the mirror, practice saying, I'm going to charge ten thousand dollars. Pause. Pause. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's move on now to the timeline section. So we've got the two two main questions answered so far. We've got project goals answered. What are they trying to get out of this? What deliverables? Then we have a budget 
And that's going to be kind of in the early to mid part of the conversation just to qualify these clients, make sure they've got enough money to spend on you and they're not going to be cheapos and they're not going to um, waste your time. Then we move on to timeline because I figure, you know, you could say that timeline could go first before budget because you need to know like, okay, is this project due in one month or six months? Because if it's due this Saturday, then you're going to charge a little bit more for a rush fee. So uh, I'll let you, you know, I'll let you naturally kind of choose what part of the conversation uh, goes where. But let's go on to timeline. So knowing a client's timeline of production and final delivery will have a downstream effect on your pricing and inputs that you'll need for the project. If it's something that, like I said, if it's a project that's due this Saturday and you're not available, well, you need to figure out if you need to hire a freelancer or hire your best friend to go film the wedding. This is pretty straightforward. There's no really... I won't say there's really tactics to the timeline. You're basically just kind of asking calendar question. You know, how far out is your wedding? Um, what is the latest time? And another way to say it is like, what's the latest time that you need these photos delivered? Uh, basically, it's kind of the two main questions that you need are when is the event or when do I need to actually show up and photograph things or when, when were you hoping for me to show up and photograph things? And then asking not when you would like these photos delivered, Say, you know, like, uh, you know, if you were asked a bride and her wedding's on Saturday, like, when do you want these photos? And she's like, can you give them to me on Monday? And it's like, that's the earliest we could probably deliver it. So you ask more like, what's the latest time? So, uh, you know, that will, that's a little bit more of an intelligent question. Cause then if it's a wedding, you'd be like, you know, the wedding's on Saturday. You're like, what's the, what's the latest that you're hoping to get these photos delivered? Like, well, if you can get them to us in six weeks, that's great. Like, kind of give them what what are they considering a reasonable range, um, and then you'll kind of go from there. Uh, the next part of the timeline is, you know, this is just a, another freak scenario. Is the client shows up last minute? You know, they they call you on Tuesday, they call you on Wednesday, Thursday, and they basically just say like, "Can you show up this Saturday?" Like, so you kind of have two options with this, um, and I've talked about this in a previous video. Option one, you say like, I do have an opening this Saturday, but typically my clients book four to six weeks in advance. And since it's such short notice, I'll need to adjust my final pricing. And this is just priming the client to understand that I'm going to add a little heftier of a price tag to this because you're calling me so last minute and I want you to understand and I want you to be self-aware that you're calling me last minute and... um and also you're kind of adding, you know, typically that typically kind of phrase, typically my clients book four to six weeks in advance. So you're just kind of telling them this is what the next, if we ever do this the next time, if we ever run into this scenario again, where you are my client uh, for the second time, I want you to know that next time call me four to six weeks out in advance. Uh, that way we're not running into this mess. Um, it doesn't mean no, it just means this is, you know, you're kind of showing them what your process is uh, without being so like, without being nasty or negative because um, because the clients don't know. It's, you know, you have to tell them sometimes, hey, look, um, normally this is typically done within two to three weeks, but uh, I'm always willing to make an exception. Let's kind of talk about your pricing. Option two, you just say, I'm not available this Saturday. Uh, I would recommend you to another photographer but I don't know if they'd be available on such short notice. So again, you're priming the client, say, look, uh, you know, I, I would love to help you. I hope I can help you, but I'm not sure if I can help you, but, and then going from there. 
And now we're going to go into, uh, this might be the longest part of the section, is client objections. Um, and these are just sort of random scenarios. So we have one more, we have client objections and then we'll go into some troubleshooting scenarios. And let's go into this scenario. Client doesn't have the budget or is bluffing. And I add bluffing because there are, you know, if you read, uh, Blair Inn's book, Price and Creativity, they talk about there's, there are the price shoppers, which I'm, which is pretty self-explanatory. They're just, they don't care about what, how good of a job you do or what you do. They really just care about the price. They care about the budget. There was another type of client and that is the poker player where they pretend to be a price shopper and they're really just getting in the really just bluffing that they're kind of are really after the price but secretly they really care about your value and they really care about how how good of a job you do and they really appreciate it but they just have to either add a personality or the culture of the work place that they work at they have to negotiate or feel like they're negotiating something like you know, well, hey, I got the I got the person to at least chip off five percent of the price. You know, they they never want to pay a hundred percent of the price tag. They always want to somehow get some sort of deal. But that doesn't mean they're cheapos. It doesn't mean they're just in it for the price. So uh a lot of those price shoppers you can kind of push back and um and they'll kind of reveal themselves as poker players and and then show that they're actually value shoppers. Okay. Um so a client says like I'll put it in all caps. This is way out of our budget. This is, uh, are you kidding me? $10,000? You know, things, you know, those kind of reactions. Uh, I don't know. They happen sometimes, but most people are polite, <laughs> more polite about it. Um, but you just happily reply, you know, I do charge a higher premium for my work. And that's it. You don't have to justify it. There's no, uh, explanation. There's no making, there's none of that. You don't have to say, you know, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I do and my camera's expensive and I have a lot of lenses and sir and, and you know, uh, the cost of uh, utility. It's like, no, don't explain yourself. Just say it with a smile. You know, you are way out of our budget. So I, I Well, yes, I am. I actually I do charge a very high price for the work I do. And you can hit them back with this. Like, what is a budget range that you feel comfortable with, client? You're asking them, you know. Okay. All of this, you just want to own the fact that your prices are high. So don't ever apologize. And if they lowball you too much in this scenario, just simply pass on the project. You don't have to do a project. No one's forcing you to do these low dollar projects. Okay. Another scenario is they don't have the budget, but they still want to work with you. So client goes, well, we only have a budget of $2,000 to work with. What can you do? You know, what can you do for us? And this is you in the scenario charging $5,000. Whether or not they know that or whether or not you have already made that explicit, um, you could say, for that budget range, I can take off my second shooter and I can reduce the uh, the number of files that I give you from 100 files to 40 files. How does that sound? You're basically in a proposal negotiation mode, but out loud saying all this, not in, not sending this out as a, as a proposal. You are sort of trading value for value. So if they don't want to pay 100% of the price, and let's say they only want to pay 50% of the price, well, then it is perfectly justifiable for you to offer 50% of the value. You know, if you're not, if they don't want to pay full price, if they don't want to pay for option three, option C, the gold platinum edition, 
then you are more than welcome to, and you know, and say it explicitly, say it to them so that they understand what they're losing out on. You kind of list out, okay, I can do this, but it's going to, I'm going to have to reduce this. Maybe it means you work fewer hours or you only show up for two hours or you're instead of a day rate, you do a half day or instead of this, you, you know, you like you ex- making it very clear to them what they're going to be losing. Uh, and that's one, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is you develop what I call a minimum level of engagement, just a, aka just a minimum pricing. So if they are charging $2,000 and you have, you know, and you're typically charged $5,000, then just based on your own company policy, you can't even take that project. Say, nope, we can't do this. I'm sorry. Our, the minimum we can go is $5,000 on any project. Um, and that may be the case. That may be, you know, it might not be worth it in some scenarios or some companies that you work at where they can't, you know, you'd be losing money if you charge less than $5,000, for example. If you did not have a minimum level of engagement, you would be, uh, you would be breaking even possibly or you'd be, uh, actually losing money and not, uh, not profiting. Um, and a great way to do it is just say, you know, it's my policy. It's my policy that projects start at a minimum $5,000. And you'd be surprised that people don't really argue when you say policy. Um, I mean, you can be, yeah, just like, that's my policy. I'm sorry. And they go, oh, okay. Um, and I put one note here in this kind of section about they don't have the budget, but they still want to work with you. Uh, you either here just to kind of review that you either explicitly ramp down your projects or you refuse to take the project. Don't offer your $5,000 photo shoot for $2,000. You need to match the client value for value. So, because if you're, if you're charging $5,000 and the client only has $2,000 and you do that project for $2,000, well, your projects, your, your project really wasn't worth $5,000. It was really worth $2,000. So, Okay, so next scenario is the first-time client wants a discount. Now, uh, the company I used to work for, they would give first-time discounts all the time, or it would just be baked in almost, and or uh, which I never really understood. I know, like, what it, what has the client done? What are these new clients doing to deserve this first-time discount? Or uh, do all clients get discounts or what's even the point of offering a discount? Is it a fake discount? Is it really, it just, it never made sense. It was always like, they just take 10% off and not really explain it. Or they, it, it was just merely as a way to just to sweeten the deal for the salesperson to get the deal. Um, so a client will ask, you know, do you offer discounts? The best response you can say is, I typically don't offer discounts and I like to reserve them for returning clients. So this is setting up, and all these kind of responses, you're kind of subtly exposing how you work, your work culture in your company and the policies that you have, uh, what you typically do, what you typically don't do. Um, and I would say this is a great policy. You know, I would say not to offer that many discounts to, you know, even your good clients. Um, but if you do offer discounts to people, then give them to long-term clients, loyal clients. Um, you are, you want to reward long-term clients and repeat customers because, uh, you want to, you know, make them feel good for choosing you over and over again, years and years into the future. If you, what has a first-time client done to deserve a 
a discount? What, why, why do they deserve a, a discount when your long-term clients don't get a discount? So, okay. The next scenario is a client wants you to justify your price to them. Why client goes, why are your prices so high? The best response you can do is just say, it's based on past experience. This type of project usually falls within this price range. That's it. Dramatic pause. Again, uh, when it comes to pricing, don't stammer. Don't blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, 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 it's uh well, you know, it's, it's, uh, don't, don't try to justify it. The more you blabber, the more your prices look made up. So just stand by your prices and you don't ever have to justify your prices. Why is it this much? What is in this? What do I get? You know, you can justify the value they get, but you don't have to justify, uh, why are you charging this much for this and this much for that? And why is this $2,000? And why is this $5,000? And why is this $10,000? What, what, what goes into this? Uh, or can you, can you give me a line item list of all the, what's included in your services? You don't have to do any of that. Just say it's based on past experience. This is what a product typically falls under. Projects that I've done like this usually fall in this price range. So, and maybe if I haven't made it clear, I would say start offering, um, if it's not already ex- explicit, but just kind of offering, think about offering fixed prices and less about hourly prices. Just because a fixed price, you're able to kind of stand by it. And what it does is if you are able to stand by a fixed price, what this does is it's sort of, the effect it has on your competitors saying, I charge a fixed price and I stand by my fixed price. What this does is sort of like, it's a, how do I put it? It's like you're kind of decoupling or you're kind of like debranding, depositioning uh, your competition saying, you know, you're basically, you're implicitly saying, I charge a fixed price. My client, my competitors do not charge a fixed price and will charge you up the ass. They'll charge you by the hour. And as long as you want to keep them on the, on the clock running, then they're going to keep charging you. I, no matter how big or nasty or out of hand this project gets, this is the fixed price. You can sleep soundly tonight knowing that this is the fixed price and the price is not going to change unless the scope drastically changes but this is what i'm quoting you and i stand by my prices start to think about that in your pricing strategy let's move on all right so the client likes to compare and wants you to add on a service that your competitor offers so maybe the client is shopping around and they say you know i saw sally photography offers this can you match her offering or is that something you can do as well? Or I saw that she's able to do this and, you know, it's like they want, they just want you to become that other company for either a lower price point or a different price point. I don't play ball with that kind of stuff. And I, I but it's like treat it with a smile and say, you know, Hey, that's great. That's great that Sally photography offers that. I'd be, you know, I ha- have you, are you already in talks with her? I'd be happy to connect the two of you. She's actually a, a pretty good friend of mine. You know, she does great work. Yeah. Um, it's just, you're not even, you're just, it's not like you're deflecting. You're just, I'm not even playing ball with this. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm, it's like, look, if you don't, if you're not hiring me for me or the work or value that I'm providing, then I really, I don't think we need to be talking. I don't think this is something that's going to work out. Or, um, it sounds like you like that other photographer more than I do or kind of prefer their services, but don't really have the budget. I'm not really here to be, you know, second fiddle or backseat 
uh, third wheel. Like, I'd be happy to, you know, <laughs> what I'm what I'm basically saying is just don't cave to the pressure to please a client. Like, you know, we're, like we're always so afraid that we're going to lose this client, or like, oh no, like this client's like uh, we have to. If the client makes some crazy demand, then we have to find a way, you know, they want shrimp and steak and it's 4 a.m. and all the steakhouses are closed. I got to find a way to get this to them. I have to please the client no matter what. It's like, you don't, this is what you're offering. Be explicit about it. And if they're not interested in what you're buying, then just move on Just say, hey, you know, I'd be happy to connect you with them. Um, just kind of reply to this, I would say pretty rude question. Just reply to it with a smile. All right, all right. So we're moving on. So now we're in the last section, and this is, uh, I don't know if I call these two, you know, those are, that was the client objectives, objections, not objectives. Um, but that kind of covers it. So that's the, you know, those are the four main things project goals, timeline, budget, and really addressing any kind of objections, whether it is about price or services or timeline. Um, those are the four main things. So let's go into some troubleshooting scenarios that may pop up. Um, and we really only have two, um, but I thought these are pretty good. Um, client wants to only use part of your services. You've probably heard this type of question. Can we have the raw files? My husband has Photoshop or, or my brother has Photoshop or, uh, my sister, she, she's actually a photographer too. Um, we, we were going to bring her along and if you could just give her the files, she'll do all the editing and you just say, it's against my policy to hand over raw photo files. You don't have to apologize. You just say, that sounds great. I'm super happy that your husband can, knows Photoshop, but it's against my policy to hand over raw photo files. And that's it. I mean, you already, you, you know, as a photographer, you've heard this question before. You know, usually how to handle this. But, uh, like I said, in an earlier scenario, I really want you to, I'm only going to emphasize the idea of adding the power of policy. Like people won't argue against policy. It's weird. Even if you're a solo freelancer and they know it's just you and there's no other company, it's like, and you made the policy, you just say, you know, it's against my policy to hand over raw files. For some reason, they don't argue it. Uh, you know, they may ask other things like that. They may ask you to kind of modify your services. And again, it's the same way about, you know, offer adding additional services that your competitors do. It's just like, it's kind of a, a rude question. And you could just say, uh, you just don't play ball with it. Like, don't try to please the client all the time. And it's just, there's being accommodating and then there's bending over backwards to try to please somebody. And it kind of puts you in a weaker position. So I kind of err on the side of appearing strong appearing like you believe in yourself, you have self-confidence, you have, uh, you're proud of the work that you provide, you feel confident in the work that you provide. Um, and if they're not interested, then they're not the client for you. The last scenario of the troubleshooting is, do you do other things? So this is, it's, this is not, this is not a rude question. This is actually, the could, this actually can be a pretty great question. Um, especially if you do it, you know, they may, so say a wedding, client is calling you and they say, you know, do you also shoot newborns or do you do portraits or do you do seniors? The, in my philosophy, I would say I don't. I specialize in shooting weddings for this specific type of person and in these specific types of scenarios. So I only shoot, um, I really, I don't travel. I'm sorry. No, I only shoot, uh, local Virginia weddings for dog moms. That's it. Very, very specific. This is my niche. This is my specific audience. Um, if you know anybody that fits that description, I'd be happy to work for them. But no, I'm sorry. I don't do newborns. I don't do 
senior portraits. And I think what this does is this does the same thing about only using parts of your services or adding on services. It projects an image of being strong, being self-confident, uh, not being desperate for work and saying, you know, people like they can smell that kind of desperation. And it's like, it can almost be a shit test that the client is asking. Like if, you know, because they're just at, they're really sometimes asking it out of convenience. They like, they don't want to have to go interview and look for another newborn photographer that, or sorry, another photographer that shoots newborns now that they have you, the wedding photographer. Um, but it really just, I want you to kind of, you know, kind of live that you are self-confident, that you are proud of the services and proud of the work that you provide and that you don't have to please everybody and that you don't have to cater to every whim that the client has because sometimes it's not worth your time or you may be putting yourself in a compromising position where you can't do the best job possible, which does lead or which does not lead to new clients or happy clients. Um, like don't set yourself up for failure. Don't set yourself up for scenarios where you might do a bad job and that might make a client like an angry client is way 10 times worse than a happy client. So keep yourself in a strong, self-confident position where you're not uh, trying to compromise your values or compromise the main services or more importantly, compromise the specialization and niche audience that you've chosen to, to serve. Don't compromise them and don't compromise away from them. Woo! So that was the photographer sales scripts or, you know, basically the, uh, what I'm calling the, you know, photographer's guide to sales. If you want to download it, go over and click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope this was helpful. You can use these word for word as a script, but they're really more, this is more just like a guideline and just kind of some scenarios to think about. Um, but what's most important to review is in the very first conversation or the very first preliminary conversations, and it's it could be the first two conversations for, in order to make this project a success, or know it's going to be a success or determine if this client is right for you. You need to understand the project goals. You need to understand what the timeline is. You need to understand the budget and the budget constraints and the range. And then you need to address any objections or concerns that the client may have, whether that is about budget, the timeline, um, whether that is about what services you actually provide, how much you can provide. That's what I would really focus on in the first conversation. I've spoken a lot. Thanks for listening, guys, as always, and I'll see you on the next one. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to the Jordan P. Anderson Podcast. Before you swipe away, I just want you guys to know about the daily newsletter that I'm sending out. If you go to jordanpanderson.com, there is an email link to sign up, especially if you're a photographer looking to increase your word-of-mouth referrals and get more inquiries and improve your branding and marketing, then go to jordanpanderson.com and sign up there.